Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, verses 1 through 21, called A Song of Deliverance and Victory. Speaking of salvation, go to the book of Luke in the New Testament. I want you to see some of the early songs that were articulated as Messiah was being announced as coming onto the scene. And those who were involved in the birth of the Messiah, there were several songs recorded around the events of the incarnation of Jesus. And take a look with me. This is Mary's song. Mary's the mother of the Messiah, and she's interacting here with Elizabeth, who has a miracle birth of John the Baptist, the forerunner. And Mary, Luke one forty six, said or sang, My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Luke one forty eight. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud and the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. If you... uh, Go to the next section ahead. This is Zechariah's song. His tongue was silenced because of unbelief about what the angel said about the miracle birth and so forth. But when his tongue was loosed, uh, Luke 167, uh, his father, John's father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and accomplished redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us. In the house of David, his servant, he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. And over to chapter two, as the angels sang on that starry Bethlehem night, it says these words, suddenly Luke 2.13, there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, that is an angelic choir, praising God. And what did they say or sing? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. You you don't have to turn there, but when you turn to Revelation 4 and 5 and you get a glimpse of what goes on in heaven, part of what's going on is praise to God. Worthy is the Lamb. The angels never cease to say in antiphonal praise, which means kind of a going back and forth, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Huh? You guys are out there. Okay. So the songs of deliverance are in the lips of the people of God. And you might ask the question, maybe if you're new to the things of God, why does the church sing? Sometimes people ask questions like that. Well, we sing because we sing in light of the victory, because it's one of the best ways to express a heart in love with God is to sing to the Lord. And I know we're all in process in terms of that. But Morgan puts it this way. There are moods of the soul that can only be expressed in poetry and music. 
Now, if you do enough research on a moment like this, biblical scholars debate whether or not Moses could have penned the 21 verses that we're about to see, or at least a good portion of them, in the moment. Could he have written such a song spontaneously? Well, we've heard some stories about some of the most famous songs in history that were penned on a napkin in a moment of time. Why couldn't God give Moses this song by the power of the Holy Spirit right in the moment? Because I think that's really how maybe the best songs have come is right spontaneously in the moment when they're the freshest. Amen? So when things are fresh in your faith walk and God gives you something, maybe something to journal uh, I remember early on in my Christian life, I was an athlete and kind of a jock. And, you know, I, I played the drums a little bit, but I, I definitely was not a guy that was into poetry. Well, I became a Christian and the Lord started giving me poems. And I was writing poems down. Uh, my sister read one of the, those poems at Brennan and I's wedding. And it was one way that I was just expressing my love to God. And the Lord over the years has even given me some songs. I don't know if you'll ever hear the songs, but sometimes I'll study a passage and I'll, I'll have a song come to my heart and I'll put a song down. And this is just one way that the Lord ministers to us. Psalm 106, 9 through 12, if you're taking notes, says, Thus he rebuked the Red Sea and dried it up. He led them, the nation, through the deeps as through the wilderness. So he saved them from the hand of the one who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. And they believed his words, and they sang his praise. Psalm 106, 9 through 12. And so the sacred songs of Scripture, and I want you to imagine perhaps the whole nation by the Red Sea, maybe two million people singing this song together. What an amazing choir that must have been. Sometimes when Shane will, you know, pause for a moment and let us sing it out without any instruments, that's beautiful. Can you imagine a couple of million people singing to the Lord? Can you imagine, fast forward, brethren, the countless numbers of saints that will be together in our future, along with the angels that will make up a heavenly choir. Can you imagine what we're in for? And maybe we'll pause as Jesus sings the lead over us. And then we'll respond back to him. But we'll be able to sing it directly to him. This is who we are. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When uh, David uh, killed the giant Goliath who was threatening the nation of Israel, David returned from killing the Philistine and the women came out of the cities of Israel, and they were singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. This is 1 Samuel 18, 6 and 7. And the women sang as they played, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was in the corner saying, I don't like that song. What do you mean, me thousands and him ten thousands? And we all know what happened after that. Saul went wacko, right? But David is a type of the coming Messiah or the greater David. And we will be singing to the Lord uh, in our future. And I don't know what all the songs will be like, but we've just read about a song of Moses that we will be singing. Because I believe Revelation 15. Did I take you to Revelation yet? Oh, I want you to see it. Go over there. Sorry. 
I think that was first service. I didn't take you to Revelation yet, did I? Okay, good. Go to Revelation 14. Check this out. This is incredible. This is our future. So I want you to see what leads up to this. So it says, Revelation 14, 17. This angel swings a sickle over the earth. And another angel came out of the temple, Revelation 14, 17, which is in heaven, and he had a sharp sickle. And another angel, the one who had power over fire, came out from the altar, and he called with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, put in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, because her grapes are ripe. And the angel swung his sickle, Revelation 14, 19, to the earth, and gathered the clusters from the vine of the earth and threw them into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress, 20, was trodden outside the city, and the blood came up from the winepress up to the horse's bridles for a distance of 200 miles. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels who had seven plagues, which are the last because in them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mixed with fire. Sounds like a red sea to me. And those who had come off victorious from the beast and from his image and from the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God or guitars, and they sang, notice, the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, And the song of the Lamb. And they said, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God the Almighty. Righteous and true are thy ways, thou King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou alone art holy. All the nations will come and worship before thee. For thy righteous acts have been revealed. And if you keep reading, you'll notice that the wrath of God gets poured out Seven golden bowls, look at verse 7, of the wrath of God are going to be poured out. And that will begin in chapter 16. And the wrath of God goes out. But the church, and I believe here the rapture church, is singing in heaven. Brethren, this is literally our future. Now, I have been, if you turn back to Exodus uh, 15, over the years I studied apologetics. And I, I spent a lot of time studying Bible prophecy And I've taught the book of Revelation uh, a number of times. And I remember early on, you know, hearing about the book of Revelation and hearing about end times events and, you know, hearing about the mark of the beast and how no one could buy or sell without this mark. And it was almost hard to conceive of how these events could unfold in such a diverse world with diverse governmental leaderships and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden... (laughs) As time has gone by, uh, we have moved into this being a more and more realistic uh, consideration in, in so much so that now they're talking about in certain areas, you can't even go to a grocery store without proof of this vaccination. And so this is where we are. And, and I'm going to tell you something chilling. And I, I don't say it to you to scare you, but I just want to tell you this is where we are in the world. There's a man that's written a book on the history of communism and how when communism moves into a country, what happens? And he, he's gone and interviewed people in the Soviet bloc nations and kind of just what happened to people who were trying to stand against tyranny. And he said in China today, they have something called a personal profile 
on every Chinese citizen. That personal profile is almost like a credit score. It scores you, but it's based upon your activity, what websites you go to, uh, whether or not you go to church services, dot, dot, dot. And here's the deal. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in other books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this radio station? The same if you're listening on podcast. You can always just click that share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they will do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. As time has gone by, uh, we have moved into this being a more and more realistic uh, consideration in, in so much so that now they're talking about in certain areas, you can't even go to a grocery store without proof of this vaccination. And so this is where we are. And, and I'm going to tell you something chilling. And I, I don't say it to you to scare you, but I just want to tell you, this is where we are in the world. There's a man that's written a book on the history of communism and how when communism moves into a country, what happens? And he He's gone and interviewed people in the Soviet bloc nations and kind of just what happened to people who were trying to stand against tyranny. And he said, in China today, they have something called a personal profile on every Chinese citizen. That personal profile is almost like a credit score. It scores you, but it's based upon your activity, what websites you go to, uh, whether or not you go to church services, dot, dot, dot. And here's the deal. You get positive points if you go to a communist meeting, for example, but you are dinged if you go to a church meeting or let's say an anti-government website and they rate you and you end up with a score. This score then determines your movements within a given city, whether or not your kids can go to college, where you can buy goods and services. And there's another layer to it. If a person or a family member who's a friend of yours interacts with you, and that is documented, they get dinged on their score for being interacting with you because you have a low score. And folks, this is chilling, but you can be sitting in your living room having a conversation about shoes, and what pops up? Ads for shoes. Because big tech has learned how to do algorithms on each of us with our phones and frequent uh, websites that we frequent and the like, and they can begin to kind of develop a personality profile on you. This is why you should thank God that you live in America, and you better just be paying attention to what's going on, brethren. Pay attention to what's going on. I'm not saying this to scare any of you, but I'm just being a realist now. The window is closing, and it is time for Americans to make their voices known, time for the church to make their voices known. Not that we live and die with who's in an office for a given number of years, but just that we do what we can to fight the good fight. Everybody with me? 
if you're interested in that book, I, th- I believe the author is Rod Dreher, who's written on this. And, um, you know, he, he, set, he does something in the second half of the book. And I'll just tell you, this is what I've heard in interviews and stuff. That's very hopeful because he says that even people who had to face times like this found their solace and refuge in the word of God and in the promises of God. And even in countries where the church had to go underground, the church often blossomed in those kinds of situations. And I look around right now and I, I, I'll just say, the church should be swelling. We should have no room in churches. All around every city in America, there should be no empty seats in churches. Do you know why? Because we need the Lord and we need one another. And this is where it, it's going to take a prayerful passion on the part of Christians to be involved, but also to make sure that we are pointing people to Christ. And that revival we've all been praying for, let's pray harder. The record of Christian awakenings during the last 2,000 years shows that whenever the word of God is recovered, it is received with great joy, which is inevitably expressed in song. The medieval Latin hymns cluster around the fresh days of the monastic movements. This is our Kent Hughes. The Protestant Reformation brought a rebirth of music to the church. When we think of the Wesleyan revival, we not only think of John Wesley, but his brother Charles, who gave us so many great hymns. And then the great harvest of souls here in our country in the late 60s and 70s brought a revival of scripture singing and the Maranatha music and all of that. When the word of God richly dwells within the people of God, it will be expressed often in song and gratitude. When God made the world, Job 38, 7 says, the morning stars or the angels sang together and all the sons of God uh, shouted for joy. I will tell you on a practical level, I believe that worship is a remedy for worry. Um, Because when we worship, it does something to our heart. Paul, writing from prison, says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and the word for prayer there can be worship, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen? No matter what period of time we live in, and we live in an incredibly privileged period of time. We can, we can worship instead of worrying. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. David running from Saul and had so many different issues and problems. He heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and he made my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see in fear and will trust the Lord. When Israel defeated Jabin and Sisera, Deborah and Barak uh, sang a song on that day. They, the leaders led in Israel and the people volunteered and blessed the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O rulers. To the Lord I will sing. I will sing praises to the Lord, the God of Israel. Judges 5, 1 through 3. There's many songs I could tell you about, but we've only done one verse. So let's move on to verse 2. And yes, I will move quickly. The song says, the Lord, Yahweh, is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him, my father's God, and I will extol him. 
We've had a movement of deconstruction in America where many young people have deconstructed their faith to the point where they have no faith left. And sometimes they're even rejecting the faith of their parents. It's a deadly game that's being played where people are hearing five-minute podcasts and making decisions about the historic Christian faith based upon very minimal information. And we have you know, famous worship leaders and the like walking away from their faith because they struggle with the idea of hell or you know, good people in other religions and so forth. But these are basic questions that you would think that people who have been around the church for a little while have already wrestled through. I'm not saying they're easy questions, but they are kind of Christianity 101. And it's amazing what's happening in our day in terms of people deconstructing their faith. But the Lord is my strength and my song. He is my father's God and he will be my God. I will praise him. And whenever the Lord is your strength, he will be your song. And let me flip it around. Whenever he is your song, he will be your strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He doesn't just give me strength. He is my strength. Amen. You've been listening to A Song of Deliverance and Victory, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, verses 1 through 21. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And just to let you know, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. Or if you're having a hard time or need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking, but you could use some prayer. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Okay, so I said that worship is a remedy for worry. Now I didn't just make that up. We are called to worship Instead of worry, in uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, when it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, many of you can say it with me, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, the biblical remedy for worry or anxiety is worship. And maybe you're, maybe this is coming to your mind and you're saying, well, should I just fake it until I make it? What if I'm totally stressed out and I don't want to sing? Well, you offer a sacrifice of praise nonetheless. God is worthy of our praise no matter how we're feeling. But I will say this, something happens to me when I just obediently decide to worship the Lord, whether I in quotes, feel it or not. Usually the feelings will follow my obedience and not the reverse. And, you know, I love the wonderful deep emotion that can come with worship, but I don't need emotion to carry the day. God is worthy of my worship no matter how I feel. So my encouragement to you is don't fake it, but do it out of obedience And I believe that the blessings will come your way because that's what the Bible teaches. Hey, we have a Wednesday night service at the church that I serve as senior pastor. It's called Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Each Wednesday night, 
We're gathering at 7 p.m. for a time of worship, a little bit more kind of acoustic-oriented worship. We have a time in the Word, and we're going through the majestic book of Hebrews, just launching out in the book of Hebrews. And the midweek service at Living Truth is in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And we'd love for you to join us. If you can't join us geographically, you can't get here. You can also join us on our YouTube channel, which you can connect with at the website, which I'll give you in a moment. But hey, if you're anywhere within driving distance of the Inland Empire, there's nothing like being present in the sanctuary with the saints, honoring God, gathering together, serving him, serving one another. Here's what you can do to find out more about Wednesday nights in the book of Hebrews at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab, walkintruth.com, click on the church tab, and you can find out details about the fellowship, Wednesday services, Sunday, and much, much more. Or you can always call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their lives. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. Or you can give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus, chapter 15, verses 1 through 21, called A Song of Deliverance and Victory. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.